0: Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever and whenever you happen to be listening or watching us in the great wide world brought together by the internet. We are the last three guys to do a podcast. Another show done via remote. I'm John Morgo, joined as always by Daniel Bolton and Leon Brown, discussing everything that happened in the Atlanta world of sports over the past seven days, Uh, not really... A lot of uh, drama was kind of taken out of the equation. Georgia, no problems with Georgia Tech in their rivalry game. Dispatched the Jackets pretty handily. Only thing that might be a little bit of a hiccup, LSU lost to Texas A&M yesterday. Uh, doesn't change the fact that the Fighting Tigers will be Georgia's opponent in the SEC Championship next weekend, but it does give Texas A&M a little bit of a push heading into the off season, heading into uh, what's going what's going to happen in the next 12 months. The Aggies, with five wins, they are more than likely not heading to a bowl. And, of course, the big question is, will Jimbo Fisher be around when we recommence in 2023? My gut says no, simply because A&M just cratered this season. Such high hopes for the Aggies, and they just went south, and they know that they have to build that program up to be Mm -hmm. on a level to compete with Texas and Oklahoma when they join the SEC in two more seasons. Other big news from college ranks: Nebraska hired Matt Rule as their head coach. I only mentioned that because we had our we had our talk about that. We know Leon had posited a certain name in contention, but they went with Matt Rule. I think it's a, it's a it's a decent choice. Uh, he can coach. He can he can recruit. Um that's so I, that's really all you need of of course really heading into this off season the big question is will Deion Sanders get that P5 job the rumors are already that Colorado has offered the their ho- their coaching job to to Deon Sanders um Georgia Tech they, The scuttlebutt is, well, I think Atlanta fans want them to hire Deion Sanders. Brent Key, I think, has done an amazing job as head coach, especially by that victory over North Carolina last week. I think he has earned his chance to advance. But those are some of the highlights, the headlines of college football. We'll talk about each of those in turn. But what I want to start off with is in the Big Ten, it They had their de facto championship yesterday, and it was Michigan reversing a decade of underperformance. They finally got the better of the Buckeyes. They have advanced to the Big Ten championship against Purdue. That's really a formality. So the question is, guys, Michigan is in. Does Ohio State get in to the championship, or does that loss to Michigan just too big to be overcome? No, the NCAA is kind of kind to Ohio State Mm -hmm. by placing them at number five. Mm
1: -hmm. So
2: they're right on the outside looking in. So you know, we gotta look at which team is most likely to slip in the top four. You know Georgia's not going to slip, right? I don't think Michigan's going to slip. I don't think so either. So you know, they. I think they should have been, I think the manner was that they should definitely be a little lower. But I think the NCAA is being a little kind to them. Because you're talking about, they lost by more than two touchdowns. That was a big game. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I, I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 think, I don't think they're going to make it. I don't think they're going to make it. Yeah, you don't think you actually going to make it. So uh USC I'm sorry, I'm, I'm sorry. You know, I, I don't I don't see USC losing. Like, you know, now that's a but if someone is to lose, it's gonna be USC. If Ohio State if Ohio State makes it in, it's because it's USC it's it's pretty much USC's opportunity to lose.
0: Well, again, this did have all the hallmarks okay. of a knockout game, and Michigan definitely knocked them out. I don't think, again, Michigan will have to lose to Purdue. I don't see that happening. I think uh, Texas Christian is getting in, and because well, they have to lose their their championship game to get knocked out. I don't see that happening. So it's just a matter of who's going to get that four that four spot. I thought LSU had the inside track, but that loss of Texas A&M probably knock them out, especially since LSU. LSU looks like they're going to have to beat Georgia to get in, and I just don't think that's going to happen. Georgia. They, they can beat be Georgia by 60 points, and they still won't get it.
2: Okay. They have too many losses. They have three losses. Three losses, okay. The LSU, they, have, they have three losses, they're out. Yeah. But what they can do is they can the ball. Now, they can't even let the party at this point. They can just say, hey we're the SEC champions, mm-hmm. and we're going to get a new year's 6 fold game. Here's what's going to happen, guys. This is how, how this is probably going to be broken down. Okay. Georgia and Michigan will be in regardless of their outcome of this Saturday, of their, of their championship game.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Now, are they going to be favored? Sure they are. Georgia, they're going to be favored against LSU. Michigan's going to be favored against Purdue who's going to win the Big Ten West? When it was Purdue, they won it uh, the other day, okay? You, you got to think that they're going to win that game and the way Michigan outplayed Ohio State without their best running back, without, I arguably mean, their best player in Blake Corn, who's probably going to be on the podium, who's probably going to be in New York for the and Trophy celebration, which he should be, mm. but he has been banged up with a knee injury that he had suffered the week before. So, here's my thing, the interesting thing is, is, Michigan and Georgia, I think, regardless of their situation, they're going to be in. Ohio State still can get in. If the committee puts Ohio State at, at five, mm-hmm. because USC kind California up to four, TCU is going to go to three. And you can always lose one and two between Georgia and Michigan. Who cares? Right? Yeah. But The committee is smart enough to put USC and TCU in there. If USC and TCU cannot win their game, and the TCU Kansas State goes Kansas State can win their game. They're dangerous. They're, they're, they're one of those teams that you have seen them every year. They always they're always disrupting something within the college football playoff. So the TCU offense, Max Duggan, the quarterback, he's been phenomenal. He's probably going to be in New York for the Hydro celebration as well. Their offense has been uh, incredible, and USC. They're, they're the phenomenon right now. They're the interesting story. Yeah, Caleb Williams, another Heisman candidate for me. And, and that offense, they have done some unbelievable things this year. And they're going to go into that game just like we saw uh, Friday night, John, where it was one of creek side Creekside. Creekside had a revenge game. They couldn't capitalize off the revenge game and win an overtime loss, but. This is also a revenge game for USC. This is the only loss that USC had on the season and it's coming against Utah. They will going to play Utah Friday night for the Pac-12 championship game. Mm-hmm. They lost because they did not convert on the two-point conversion. They have the best loss. They, they're probably the best one-loss team in all of college football, and I think they're going to get rewarded for it. They have to go and they have to win that game. If TCU or USC lose, and how do states still get quadrupled up? Because what the community is going to say is that they have been playing well. They have been one of the most best. They been one of the best teams in America up until they got to Michigan. Right. And if Michigan not one of the best teams in America, sure they are. Yeah. So the community is going to say, with that being said, and then with the victory that they had over Oregon, which doesn't look too good now because Oregon lost the Civil War last night. Yes. So. That doesn't look too good for them. doesn't look good for Georgia either. But Georgia has been the best team in college football all season. So it's still room for Ohio State to get in. They just have to hope. And they just have to hope that the college football guys are on their side and that either USC or TCU crumbles. I think it's not going to even matter if Michigan loses because you can't put Ohio State in front of Michigan and say that Ohio State is one of the best four teams in the country,
1: Yeah,
2: but they lost the league. You know, we can't do that. That's why I say that pushing that all Michigan would do is falter and possibly say Georgia in the semifinal, which they don't want to do. They want to the wait until the national championship game to get their regimes on Georgia. Right. So that's one thing I think right now, if the the committee, look. The Clemson is out. They lost to South Carolina. Mm-hmm. And then we got sneaky little Alabama that's behind them. Alabama just has to have a lot of things happening in order for them to get in. And I don't think they're really going to get in. I, I think really right now it's only five teams that's looking for four stocks. And Ohio State is that
0: last team out. Right. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree. Completely. Yeah, sure is not it to you.
2: And
0: TCU definitely the Kansas State. I d I don't see that happening. No, TCU T C is not gonna lose. Not, Michigan's not gonna yeah,
2: lose to I, Purdue. And Georgia's not gonna lose to LSU. Yeah. Yeah. I mean the the, the matchup that we were gonna watch is, is the Utah USC matchup. And see where that goes. Again, Oregon had a chance to win it and they they let it slip away and they let Utah get in. But I think this is the matchup USC wants. I think it's the match that they had. Kudos to USC. Listen, and and uh, their head coach and his name just slipped out of my head. But uh, Lincoln Riley, Lincoln, Lincoln Riley, there you go, Lincoln Riley. Kudos to them. And I tell you why. The, the transfer portal was their best friend this year. Mm-hmm. They got Taylor Williams, the quarterback, out of it. They got Jordan Addison, the wide receiver who was at Pitt last year, won the Benick McIntyre Award last year. He's with them now. Uh, they got a couple of running backs that came out of the transfer portal. The transfer portal was USC's best friend and is going to probably try to put them to a pac for a championship and possibly a tough matchup. Man, a, a tough matchup. Can you imagine what that college football playoff would look like? I would love to see a Georgia-USC matchup or a Michigan TCU or a Michigan USC, whatever it might be. But that is going to be fun. It, it, it would be real fun. But hey, listen, we got to see what the outcome is going to be. Yeah, I understand that, you know, the Trojans, that turnaround they've had after hiring Luke has been ridiculous. I, it was.
1: That's,
2: that's a turnaround. Now, mm-hmm. um, this is, now, I believe that. USC is the best that the Pac-12 has to offer. Period. They're they're going to stump Utah out. Utah because they they just haven't been consistent enough to really be in the same league as the USC. This is, to me, this is like, because USC has been on the outside looking in all year, and then the minute someone slipped, you know, someone like Ohio State slipped, it's a wrap. I think USC, they, they, they've wanted it too long. They've been always on the test, always on the outside looking in. They can smell it, but they couldn't taste it. Now they have their body potential success. But I'm, I'm looking at this. will be be enough to beat some uh, – I mean, I don't want to look past something like this. I don't want to juice anything. But do you believe that USC has a strong
0: enough team to beat someone from the SEC? Well, there's, there's being a team for the SEC and then there's beating Georgia.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it it's yeah, it's it's basically you have know, a strong enough to beat Georgia. Yeah, because I think the SEC has shown its colors this year. I mean, just just look at how just look at how the the lines have been drawn and how it just comes back to certain things. You, you, you see what I mean?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You, you, you got... You got Alabama, who lost to Tennessee, but got whipped by Georgia. You know, it's, it's, it's just on that level. You got LSU, who got beat bad by Tennessee, but they beat Alabama. I mean, it's it's, it's the commodity of the SEC. Anybody other than Georgia has at least two to three losses. Right, and and that's just what it is. Actually. Yeah, anybody ever in Georgia actually has at least two losses. That's what it is, and that's how it's been. So Georgia right now is the measuring stick. Can I? Can I honestly, if I take the top these top five teams, Ohio State, Michigan, TCU, USC, there's one maybe two teams who I'd say would give Georgia one for their money. That one team is Michigan. If Michigan can run the football, they're all they're explosive on defense. And it, it's almost like the story from Georgia last year. Georgia last year was, had the dominant defense. We didn't expect that coming in this year. But yet they're only giving up 11 points per game. In the season, in the season it was unbelievable. Now, they were Georgia defense from last year I think only gave up eight. But still, <laughs> you know, now – that, that possible is, is USC because their offense is so dynamic and what Caleb Williams can do with his feet and extending plays, I, I think, is amazing. I saw that against Notre Dame the other night. But I, I tell you what, I, I, I don't know. I don't see Ohio State doing it. Um, I, I don't see, I, as much as I love the way TCU has played this year. I, I don't know if they could. I, I think that Michigan would be the team
0: that would give Georgia a run for their money. Otherwise, you have to say that Georgia could set a to repeat. Yeah, Michigan is no question the team other than Georgia that's been the strongest team all season. Right. Um, guys, uh, USC, their offense this year,
2: every game that they played, they play 12 games. Right? Either of those games they still more than thirty five points.
1: Uh-huh.
2: I mean the last game they won they just put the, they, they put up a sixty six in the thing. The game of player thirty one. The game of player, thirty five. You know, I just you have is just an offensive juggle out right now. I, I, oh I just, yes. So they're, 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 they're They're coming in. They're putting up points. And when they win, they, they're kind of winning big. I, I'm looking for USC. I, I got a prediction I'm making right now. It's going to be USC and Georgia in the finals. in so on. USC That's what they give them the points. That's what they give them the points. Yeah, but if they give them the four, yeah. they the then they're gonna have to play Georgia in the semifinal. Oh, uh, that's true. Yeah, that's true. I think we'll see the beat. We'll see what it is offense. I think the offense is good. We'll see what it is. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, it, it, am, I, am I being a homer? No, no. I, I, remember, remember I, said, I said it. I mean, I think the, the other two could be USC. I, I respect USC. I love what they've done. This year, and I think offensively, they could possibly hang with Georgia. Georgia would have to, you know, match them point for point. Their offense, Georgia's offense is, is not explosive, but it can it can come off with explosive plays.
0: Right, right. So if so, based on this framework, we're looking at USC and Georgia in the in the semifinals. And Michigan and TCU. Yes.
2: Got and it? I think it will and, and the students will only change only on the outcome of, of the championship, um, championship Saturday. I, I think that that's what will happen. If Michigan. If, if Georgia somehow has a problem with LSU, but Michigan is unstoppable, they may move Michigan to one and bump Georgia down to two. Just off of everything that they're looking at on the season. Because they're going to look at that too. They're going to compare team by team. They're going to compare the four best teams and they're going to seed them. They're going to have to. So they're going to look at everything. They're going to look at resumes. They're going to look at quality wins. They're going to look at all of that stuff. Right. But if they're still unbeaten, I don't see how USC goes ahead of TCU mm. because TCU is dominant all year. However, TCU
0: has a weak non-conference schedule. Oh yeah. So they're going to look at that as well. Yes, but either way, that's i mean these commit- the committee's not gonna uh, make those announcements until after championship weekend next weekend um whether or not we get an upset, I doubt it uh, I think it's interesting that again, as you mentioned the a c c is completely out of things um uh, they don't have anyone even going to be in that. It's definitely a blow to the a c c for them to be the power five Conference sitting on the outside on this particular season, they're just going to have to regroup, look for next year, and try to try to you know do better and get that and get at least one team to kind of run the table to uh, get in. But it's getting increasingly hard to run the table, and I think it's interesting that now Clemson is being brought back to earth. They're no longer the class of the ACC, and it's just kind of up in that whole conference. is just kind of up in the air right now between who is the most predominant uh, team in that spe- in that specific conference. You would think North Carolina laid claim to it, and they lost to Georgia Tech. It's just been an absolute, um, very chaotic. I mean, as it is, Clemson is going to be in. They're 8-0. And they will face North, and they will face North Carolina. But again, those two out-of-conference losses—that's what kept the Tigers out of it. And no matter what they do in against North Carolina next week, there's just no way—they just don't have a route to get into the college football playoff. So. And and
2: shout out to South Carolina. Big game. The first time in the school history. Yeah, they, they played a great game, and it's the first time in. Um, in school history, that they took out top two top ten opponents in two straight weeks. Yes. So they're clearly, they're, they're clearly there. But I want to say something about the ACC. I know, and, and everybody knows, whoever's been listening to us, Johnny Leon, of course, knows that, you know, I'm a Florida State guy. But I think I would lobby for Mike Novell to be coach of the year in the ACC. I mean, look at what he's done the last five or six games. He put up 35 plus points. He's averaged 200 yards rushing. He's done his thing. And, and, and I would go as far as to say that those three close losses, we, we had three close losses in the ACC, NC State, Wake Forest, and Clemson. I think if we could get some of those plays back in all of those games, I think we would be talking about Florida State North Carolina in the ACC championship game.
0: Well, the problem, with, well, the problem is they lost those three games right out, just about That's out the of the gate, out of the gate. Right, uh, right out of the gate. And they picked it up just in time. Yeah, I I think that
2: the schedule wasn't kind to them. But you look at them now, they are at nine and three. They've won five in a row. They won five five in a row. Yeah. Yeah. And and at at one point, it was looking like, oh, man, are we. I don't know about this guy, Norvell. Right. But the players are playing for him, the players obviously love him. Uh Jordan Travis, our quarterback, I think has done a phenomenal job this year, He's come in for his own. Uh the defense is looking great. And and that was a that was a, a slugfest Friday night against Florida. Right. So I'm 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 impressed with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's, that's but we're,
0: gonna
2: get so we're gonna get North Carolina Clemson. we're gonna get North Carolina Clemson. Most likely Clemson will win that game, but I don't know. I mean look I think North Carolina can be just as good as they can be,
0: yeah, I hope so i mean i just I just hope that's a competitive game, even though um let's be honest since no one both teams are gone are not eligible um outside of- north and South Carolina I just don't know how many people are going to watch that game outside north since it doesn't have any c f p implications well, it's gonna to be tough too because because
2: that's the eight o'clock game, number one. Mm-hmm. Number two, Purdue and Michigan will be on Fox. Right. So they might take their interest in Purdue and Michigan because Michigan has you know, has something to play for.
0: Right. Right. We are the last three guys to do a podcast, John Morgan with Leon Brown and Daniel Bolton. We were talking a little college football. Before we get to the pros. Uh, mentioned this in my opening remarks. The college coach carousel is starting to whirl. Matt Rule is in at Nebraska. Colorado has offered Dion Sanders. Uh, I don't think this is the year that Dion leaves, Jack, uh, leaves Jackson State. I think he's got such a good thing going, and I think he knows it. Uh, Matt Rule in Nebraska. It's a it's an interesting move, but again. It's just expectations have to be managed. Don't expect you to suddenly become the bullies of the Big Ten in 12 months. This is going to take a lot of time, and you're going to have to let this process work and work itself out. Uh, Mike Lavelle, as Daniel mentioned, he's been doing a great job over the last five games. He has given Florida State fans... An incredible m- amount of confidence heading into the next season, and they're going to a bowl game. That's probably that's probably where you want to be in that first year. You want to see evidence of a rise. You may not want to get to the mountain the mountaintop, but you want to see adve- ad- uh, you want to see evidence that you're on the upslope. And that's what is that, and that is what is, and that is what. Um, They have to, especially Nebraska has to do. I think they have to just look at it and say, "Okay, we may not get there this season, next season, but as long as we see evidence that we're going in the right direction, we can live with it." And I think that's that's a lot of things. You look at the Scott Frost record, and his record actually compares to the coaches in front of him before he got fired. Same thing with Jimbo Fisher. Um, His record, Texas A&M compares pretty well to the coaches, whether they just have to have patience and see evidence of that upward slot, at least in Nebraska. But otherwise, I think it's a fine hire. So, uh, Leon, what do you think of Matt Rule as head coach of Nebraska?
1: Well,
0: I have um, have high hopes. Mm -hmm. I I have
2: no because the state of Nebraska football, is at a point of negative elevation. I uh-huh. mean, we have no way to build that up. Yeah. No way to build And like Nick Saving, Matt mm-hmm. will suck as a co the first. Or at least the team that he will did, like Nick Saving. But like Nick Saving, Matt Williams goes to so a nice D-1 school that has a strong tradition in winning. I don't think that Alabama's tradition in winning is strong than Nebraska. Right. At the time, you know, you look at the type of legacy Nebraska has versus compared to Alabama. I think Alabama has kind of ascended to um, football immortality within like the last 20 years. Right. I have no choice but to, you know, think good things. You know, do I would have been more of a high-profile name like a Drew Brees or something like that, and maybe that uh, Nebraska could go off and follow, follow the same template as Jackson State did with Deion Sanders, which I would have done. But, you know, of course, Drew Brees may or may not have done a better but I would have preferred to get Drew Brees. You know? If, but, yeah, I I hope I hope that it works. There's nothing to guarantee, but I'm just hoping that that rule really turns into the next time i
0: Well, as I said, they need to see evidence in year one that that program is going in the right direction. And I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what, Leon. If if Drew Brees ever becomes a power a power five head coach, we will have a special edition of Last Three Guys to do a podcast, and you can go off on how on what a great move it is, and Daniel and I will just eat a tremendous amount of crow for that. Oh man! <laughs> so I I think it's a good hire. Um,
2: we we have to think about this. It, Matt room is probably now going to fall under the, the rankings of Nick Saban. Yeah, And what I mean by that is Nick Saban tried his hands at coaching in the NFL, as being ahead coaching in the NFL for the Miami Dolphins. It didn't work out for him. So what did he do? He went back to the pros. Uh, I'm sorry, he went back to the college game where he knew where he could. You know, it, it, coaching is different in the NFL than it is in college football. In several rooms, On several rooms. And the thing with Matt Rule is that Matt Rule can recruit Mm -hmm. and he can also develop quarterbacks. Develop quarterbacks. He can't coach already developed quarterbacks. But he can develop a quarterback, right? He can develop a player. And that's why Matt Rule belongs in college football. And, listen, he he may get another shot in the NFL. Who knows? Or maybe he just might say, you know what, he may build up Nebraska into a, a... into a deep threat. Listen, he's in the Big Ten West, which is anybody's division in, in, in the Big Ten. As
0: okay, long as you're not in Michigan's Ohio State's division, you got a chance. And he's not.
2: He, he's in the big he's in the other one. So you have a shot to at least play them in the championship game. Right. But if I know Matt Woolen, he doesn't just want to play him, he wants to win it. He wants to make sure that Nebraska is as relevant as they were in ninety four. That's what he wants, and, and that's what he's trying to get back to. He's trying to get back to that prominence, and to where they were national championship contenders. But what is he going to take? To take recruiting.
1: Mm-hmm. It's
2: going to take players wanting to buy into the system. You know, just like with with the, with the rumors spreading around that Deion Sanders in Colorado are talking, are in talks talk Correct. for a coaching job. That's that the Pac-12, okay? He's going out there to make that. Now, that could be fun because now the Pac-12, which is a concept that really no one looks at on the East Coast because it's just too late. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. too late to make a Exactly, right? Pac-12 after dark. But he could definitely put Colorado on the map and he could recruit. Hey, 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 we can see, we've seen that now. Deion Sanders is a heck of a recruiter, man. You know what I'm saying? He got, he's hit the number one recruit in the state of Georgia out of it and, and took away from Florida State. And he was playing Jackson State. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it, you know, it's, it's that dynamic. I, I, like I said, going back to Matt Rule, I love the hire. Um, I, I think that it'll work. And Neon, I, I know, I understand that he's not a high-profile name. But I think they, I think what Nebraska needs right now is just they just need that head coach that can get them over the over the hump. They can get them over the top, and I think Matt Rule can do that. Now I could be wrong. I could be wrong. And if I am wrong, man, that that'll be disappointing. But I think he can get it there. I know so, but in, in reference to Dean Sanders, Colorado, that I, I think that's a that's a huge testament. That's a chess move for the NCAA. It is a move mm-hmm. that said it, as far, as, the, the, as, far as, the, as far as the major D1 schools are concerned, to get Deion Sanders out of the HBCU market. And they know him out of there. Because like you said, you know, he's taking big-man recruits that are reserved for the Georgia, the Florida State. And he took he, he took that to out of the SEC state, mm-hmm. out in Texas State. We've never heard of that before. Now, now with, that that hasn't happened for the last what forty years. Mm-hmm. It's, it's been a while, right? So that that's like they're trying to get him just any just any one of those schools. Just just get him out of it because what it is, they don't want that. They mean the alumni and you know, the, 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 the major financial power brokers of the NCWA, they don't need they they don't need that to become a trend. Yeah. Yeah. if what I'm saying makes
1: sense.
2: They don't need that to become a trend. That that's like they don't need it. So they so I am saying about that that made the news it. do you know what I'm saying is just also like power state who even going to Colorado, so I think that Dion should stay put and continue to build his brand at Jackson State.
0: Oh yeah, that's 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 exactly what they should do. As exactly, I mean that's that's what I I I think you're right, Leon. I think that's what Dion should do. I think that's what he wants to do, and mm-hmm. we'll see. I mean, if it happens, it looks like. Uh, now the word is Georgia Tech, and I just saw this. I have to bring this back up. Uh, Georgia Tech is talking to the coach of Tulane as their, as their man. Um, I, I just I lost it for a second, so let me go find that and bring it up. Uh, but before we end about that, um, I want to talk about Lane Kiffin and what he's been doing. Okay, looks like uh, Willie Fritz is the name. That Georgia Tech is going to hire Willie Fritz from Tulane. Uh, question is, and we'll get to Lane Kiffin right after this quick question. What do you do with Brent Key? Because I thought he did a lot of good in that program. Do you bring him? Do you keep him? Or oh, see if he wants to stick around? Or what? Or you know, how, if you're Brent Key, what do you do? Well, you do.
2: Well, is is there anything that he can do? Right, I mean, if a lanes coach comes in and says, hey, we're going to keep you, then, you know, that, that's okay. And the reason why Tulane's head coach is, what, what did you say his name was? Willie Fritz. Fritz. Willie Fritz, okay. Fritz. Fritz, okay. Willie, it's team to be the American Athletic Conference Championship. And if they win that conference, they're going to be in the Cotton Bowl. Right. They'll be the highest power six. They'll be, the highest nine, they'll be the highest nine power five conference teams. They'll be the highest ranked power five, uh, nine power five conference teams mm-hmm. at the end of the conference championship race. They take on, I believe, it's UCS. They take on. Uh, I think it's Friday. Or, I think it's Saturday. Friday or Saturday, one. But oh no, it's, uh, it's actually uh, Saturday at three thirty. So, I can see them wanting to look at him and yeah and, and Georgia Tech has, they, they've done a great job listen they just had the to get away from Jeff Collins he, he wasn't it he wasn't the guy he was probably a bad hire to begin with but he, he could never get this he'll never get Georgia Tech turned around right. and you know that's just that's just what we have we still have a bit of a remedy of what of what uh, Jeff Collins can bring to the table, man. Is it fair to say I, I think that you should give him a shot, give him a give him an interview? I think all interim coaches like Cadillac Williams, I think he should get an interview for the Auburn job.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, I mean, if you can't find anybody out there, which I've heard, I've heard that, I think I heard that you Freeze was their top candidate in yes. uh, coaching the
0: and that's and that kind of gets into the other thing. There was a report that Lane Kiffin was going to accept a massive deal to become the head coach of yep. Auburn, and then that was uh, di- then that was disposed of by Lane Kiffin himself, who says, "No, I meant yep. to the I'm Ole Miss for the wrong run." And then his team went and lost to Mississippi State in the Egg Bowl on Thanksgiving night. And you can't tell me that this news of the Auburn job was a distraction. Uh, for, for Lane. Oh, I mean, no question that was a distraction. And a team, that team that they didn't need, and had, and I think that was an upset for Mississippi State to beat Ole Miss in the Egg Bowl in that particular one. Uh, I don't think Lane's going to go. I think, uh, I think they're going to go with youth freeze. I think Lane's happy, just basically. He's kind of like Jimbo Fisher, only with more tact, in the sense that he likes to get under everybody's skin. Uh, But while Jimbo is a little rough shot about that, Lane is a little more uh, subtle about it. So so I I think that's basically the difference between the two. two. So I think Lane's going to stay where he is, but he's got to get the sour taste of of this lost Mississippi State out. They need to have a very good bowl showing in order to get some good uh, momentum heading into 2023. And that's my take on Lane. So, uh, do you do you guys have any uh, final thoughts on coaches before we uh, before we before we move on? Nope. Yeah, I'm good. Nope. All right. NFL Falcons did it again. Marcus Mariota throws an interception in the end zone, allowing the Commanders to get away with a nineteen thirteen victory uh, over Atlanta at FedEx Field. Now the Falcons will come home, host the Steelers. Uh, Marcus Mariota, again, we keep saying this. We don't ask too much of him, but please, when you throw the ball, don't throw an interception, especially in the end zone, especially in the fourth quarter, especially when you're going down to try and take the lead and win the game. Just don't do it. A very bad choice, a very bad decision for Marcus Mariota. Uh, the only good news for the Falcons, Cleveland upset Tampa Bay. So the NFC South is still there for the picking, for the, uh, for the taking. But, man, they just got it. I mean, it's just another example of how the Falcons, Falcons, you know, they, get, they give you so much good things, they give you so much promise, and then they'll just yank it away with uh, kind of a really dumb play. Toward the end of the toward the end of things, that causes them to lose. Yeah,
2: I I um I have three things One, and, and I will move to what you just said earlier, John. One, uh, this was a grind them out. This was a brutal brutal contest between two teams won the football very well, and you just saw the offensive lines of both teams and do a terrific job. Uh, just Moving the line, moving the line of scrimmage. I, I had no problem with it, and the score really depicted on what was game. Okay. Secondly, let's let's talk about that last play. I was... i, I don't think it was a lot. of well, it was a great play by Payne, and it was Payne got his hands up, and you just never know what happens when that ball is deflected. Mm-hmm. It, and what happened was it should have. It should have went uh if it wasn't deflected, Patterson would have been open for the touchdown. Right. But again, if it's if it's second and goal, I think you still run it at the two yard line. You have been dashing them with running plays all game long and then you get away from that. That's my only concern with it. Uh you 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 stick with what got you there. Because running the football got them down mm mm-hmm. And then you don't have a safety net in, in, at that down there with Kyle Pitt. Yeah, Drake running can get you the ball, but you never went away from him. So I, I I didn't like the play call in in terms of that. Um, the third thing, and um, look, we ended up getting the ball back, uh, or I had a chance to get the ball back. But then we got the running into the kicker penalty. Which, if you look up the rules and you look and you see what happened, that actually was not running into a kicker. Because the kick, uh, both of the kicker's feet were down. And I, I think that that was just another play call that didn't go against us. But, you know, needless to say, again, there were plays before that that happened where we should have, we, we had a chance. And I'm just, I'm, I, I, again, I, I just don't know. We had a chance to, to lead the division because Tampa lost the And once again, we just can't get there. We can't do it. And for whatever reason, I don't know why, we're going up against Pittsburgh next week. At home, we might be the underdogs in that game. And <laughs> this is present. Right. You know, I, I, think, I think we should be the underdogs in that game. It's simply because it is, because we just can't figure out ways to finish our ball games on a consistent basis. We keep finding ways to lose. We keep finding ways to lose. We have seven losses, and it shouldn't even be this way.
0: Oh, exactly. I echo every. I echo everything you said on that it's just an amazing it's absolutely amazing how atlanta's hopes just keep getting dashed and how we keep going back week after week letting our hopes get dashed again and again because now we're looking at this pittsburgh game and saying okay uh tampa hosts new orleans on monday night next week okay here's our chance gotta stay with them and with everything that keeps going on, the fact is that winner of the NFC South will get into the playoffs, and right now it looks like that is the only way for Atlanta to get in. And I think it's all going to come down to that Week 18 matchup with Tampa Bay. I, I think that's I think that's what it's all going to uh, going to hinge on. Somehow we're going to go into Week 18 needing a win. To get into the need to beat tampa bay to get in i'm almost positive that's what's going to happen and people are still going to watch people are still going to watch and see and hope and whether or not that happens and of course we'll get the best wildcard team uh in the first round which is going to look which is right now looks like dallas um in that in that matchup And we all know what happened the last time Atlanta played Dallas here, you know, that was, we still have, we still have uh, nightmares about that. But, you know, you look at it and I think uh, no matter what happens, this is a division that no one wants to seem to win. At Tampa Bay, all they had to do was beat the Browns and they could take control of the division. They couldn't do it. And now they get New Orleans next week, and now we get Pittsburgh, a three and seven team, host going to a four six and one team next week for Monday night. You know Pittsburgh and Indianapolis, and that's you're right, you're right, you're right. Uh, Atlanta's going to go into this with more wins, but Pittsburgh is going to have uh, is will probably wind up being favored simply because of who they are and the fact that Atlanta just can't seem to close out a ball game. They've cl- they have closed out several games before, like the, the Bears last week. They they were able to close out the Bears even with, and they should have. I mean I'm, I mean they they I mean I'm glad they didn't lose that game because they had everything going in their favor, especially when Justin Fields go goes down, and and so they finally were able to uh, were able to to do that. And speaking of the Bears, it was an interesting situation today.
1: Prior to their game with the Jets, what happened was,
0: as we mentioned earlier, earlier Justin Fields went down with that shoulder injury, so he was he was out. Now that just left his uh, his backup quarterback, his, the backup. Uh, Now, the backup quarterback, prior in practice, suffered an oblique injury, Trevor Seaman. He suffered an oblique injury. So here it is, 30, and he's trying to get himself back in shape. Here it is 30 minutes before the game starts, and the Bears have no idea who their quarterback's going to be. They think it's going to, they want to go with Nathan Peterson, but Seaman is saying, hey, I'm ready. I, I, I can get ready. I can get ready. And it was clear he was not 100%. And the Jets, who made a change, Robert Sala had to make a change from um, Zach Wilson to Mike White, cause especially off that performance last week against New England in the in the junk. Uh, but still see him in 179 yards, one touchdown, one pick. I don't think he was 100% in that game, and it certainly hurt the Bears, and the Jets come away with a convincing win in that one. But again, that just an interesting situation with Justin Fields. Uh, Leon's Chargers, they are ahead of Arizona by 1.6 seconds. Oh, are, we are, we on? On. Oh, are they running?
2: Are they running? Are they game. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. We were that last minute. Um, Arizona and you know, they, they had an opportunity about 12 seconds left. They didn't make the most of it. Um, the Chargers still proved that we can compete. Um, I was really, you know, considering Prozac <laughs> for all weeks. You know, the way that my, that the way the charges been playing. But um with this last minute this, I mean this last minute her heroes was, was Herbert with an you know, that was man, that was just so huge and it was a touchdown, it was not a field goal. Okay and we completed the two point conversion. Yeah, they did the two point conversion and they go up by one. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was huge.
0: Right, uh, my NFL feed hasn't hasn't um, updated. I've got the I've got okay. the I got the Raider Seahawks game on, and it looks like this one might go to overtime because it's at thirty four all uh, on that yeah. one. So again, uh, they says my coach has taken a page out of James Miller's
2: playbook <laughs> and going for two in the win. You don't want the time. Uh, no. Jacksonville did the same thing that they and beat and beat Baltimore uh, that the same exact way, but the difference is that Jacksonville is three and seven. I mean, they came into the game three and seven. They're four and seven now, so they're thinking like, what do we have to lose?
0: Well, they were that's at home games? though. They were at home. They were at home. Yeah, yeah. So I could see. I could. And that's what the old saw says: you go for the tie on the road, you go for the win at home and that's and, and they held to it and they held to it and it paid off for them and they gave Lamar Jackson a big or uh, not Lamar Jackson I'm sorry they gave a uh, Baltimore a big loss uh, it doesn't do much to stop to stop their, uh, so they're still re- leading the AFC north uh, well actually they're now tied they're mathematically tied with the Bengals uh, but it certainly is giving Cincinnati we thought Cincinnati was Left for dead at the start of the season, but they've come back in a big way. Bengals could sne- Bengals could quite conceivably sneak in now. I mean, amidst all the talk about what the Rams have done, how they've had their hangover, looks like the Bengals have gotten over theirs, and they're playing pretty good football right now. The Rams are winning. not they, they, the
2: Rams have got the hangover; they're getting hung out the drop. Right, right. They're, they're, they're done. Stick a fork in them. They're, they're, they're
0: about to be 3-8 after this game with, with the Chiefs. Yes, and the, it, we've never seen such a meteoric fall uh, from a Super Bowl winner after a yeah. season. I mean, not not this bad. I don't think it's enough to cost Sean McVay his job, but I think it will be. No, I, think, not. I think he will be under closer scrutiny in 2023. He's got to make a turnaround. Oh.
2: Matthew Stafford, no, Matthew Stafford's not playing right now. You know, yeah, you can't left, blame Stafford
0: left. for that because he's out.
2: Yeah, he has, a, he has a neck injury right now, mm-hmm. but he he will be. Uh, tell, well, first we're gonna blame the coach, <laughs> and then um, well, the other one do like Sean gonna write a letter to yeah. Matthew Stafford.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It's like you know when things go bad, blame me. Right. And then what's gonna happen is that if the things continue to go bad? Um. You know, Matthew Stafford's is gonna he write writing a letter. Yeah, and says to his to his successors, when things real bad, blame me.
0: Yeah,
2: when things go bad, write you another letter. Right. You know, but you I've never seen. Have we, you know, have we seen this. Have we? Have we this, what have we seen besides the Denver Broncos that the Denver Broncos lost lost their stuff and about it to retirement? we never, and we talked about this last week. I mean, this is like a huge from base because what makes it even worse is the fact that it's a huge from base on prime time.
0: Yes. And we had Denver falling. We've had Las Vegas falling. Uh, again, we thought this division would be the best in football. It's turned out to be the second worst. Um, definitely the worst in the AFC. We didn't, no one expected this to happen. Um,. I'm going to tell you
2: that. I'm going to tell you. Let me show the audience listen. Does anyone believe that this, that if Russell Wilson's tenure in Denver ends in a monumental failure like we're seeing now? I I, I can answer that question. Do you know I'm going with this? Yeah. Yes. Or will this injure camper or this will resolutions go to Hall of Fame. It is possible um I, I think what he did in Seattle. I, I think that you have to have done him some some credit that you know' been one of the best players in the NFL. but man, I tell you what this danger thing is not working. No, And um, there are two stats And there's one thing that happened today in that game That tells you that th- This is not looking good over in Denver But there are two stats that are alarming to me um, From the Denver Broncos They're one of two teams that have not scored At least 24 points all season long. That other team is the Houston Texans Brought Russell Wilson For scored touchdown and scored points Here's the other statistics. Jamal Williams from the Detroit Lions who came into this season not having scored, uh, I think he, he only had seven Russian touchdowns total all this year. He, the lead, uh, he came in leading the lead in Russian touchdowns with 13. He has scored as much touchdowns as the entire Denver Broncos team. Wow. And today, we, we're, seeing, uh, we're seeing a complete fall here. Uh, one of the defensive players got a, uh, a personal foul penalty be called up against him. He gets facing the He gets him you know, up a rookie case. This is a Denver player who got a to call to and on an extra point or on the field or something like that. And he goes up to Russell And I don't know if he went up home in frustration saying this is what we got to do for you. Or, or he was just frustrated in general, in general. But man, have you ever seen anybody? I do not even see Richard Simon go up to Russell Wilson. But I tell you what, the thing that has it, it and, and, that, and that relationship and, and that combination is looking real bad right now. Yeah. It is. And, it's, and I know it's the beginning of the year, but they had high expectations. They had high expectations this year. And they're selling.
0: They're
2: selling tremendously right now. It's just a bad look. They
0: lost Carolina completely today. Mm-hmm. I think I think Nathaniel Hackett has stopped calling plays. He he was not running seven on seven drills during the week, which is something they need so they can get the reps down, so they can get comfortable in chemistry. He has uh, brought those back. I think they're, but I think it's really much too little, too late and. Judging by the nuclear crater that has resulted, I think the best thing to do for all parties is get that divorce as soon as possible. It's toxic for everyone involved, and the fingers, are, the finger pointing is going on. You're you're hearing reports about Russell Wilson high step doing a leg leg uh, leg steps, leg practices in the aisle of the airplane to, to London. During that game, when they were doing that, so all these stories are coming out. They, this is this is not working. It's gotta end immediately, and Den, so Denver and Russell can move forward. Because there's one thing about Wilson—he's 33 years old. He's still in his prime. And yes, this is gonna this is gonna ding him. But if he can rededicate himself, if he can go with a new team and get with those receivers immediately, learn from them, learn their routes, he might have a shot to prove that this is an aberration and that it does not mean that he's washed up at 34. But this has to end immediately. This, this has to end as soon as the season is over. They need to cut the cord. Somehow, some someway, uh, as as painlessly as possible. One thing about the NFL, someone's always going to be looking for a starting quarterback. And Denver will have a high pick. They'll have their choice of another savior. Uh, Bryce Young is somebody that they'll probably be looking at for that top pick if he he doesn't go to Houston with number one. I think Houston will get, get number one, and I think they're going to probably get Bryce Young. Uh, Denver's got to hope he slips. We know Chicago's not going to take him. And then Denver's right there to get that. All right. Uh, we are the last for you guys to do a podcast. I'm John Morgan with Daniel Bolton and Leon Brown. The time has come to talk about what Daniel and I are doing in terms of live sports over the next week. Uh, Daniel and I had a fantastic Sem- uh, quarterfinal matchup on Friday night over at Arrowhead Stadium in Creekside High School. Uh, Creekside and Warner Robins. Daniel kind of mentioned it at the at our outset. 31 40- 28 The Warner Robins Demons advanced in overtime. An absolutely crazy game. We had two pick sixes. A couple of inter- a couple of uh long kickoff returns. We had scores that were. Scores that were canceled by penalties. We had a little bit of everything. And i tell you what, the one thing we did have, and I'm just going to keep saying this, the quarterback for Creekside, Vincent Berry, while he had a great first half, he had a horrendous second half. And over time, he made ill-advised throws, bad throws, and... And, yeah, that was one thing that kind of uh, went the tide against Creekside, and especially not going for a field goal in the first overtime, but instead throwing it down the field. It was just an – I just I just felt bad for the kid. I felt bad for Creekside because they have been waiting 51 weeks to get revenge against Warner Robins. It was the first game between the two being held at Arrowhead. They wanted it, but they just couldn't quite do it. And I I just hope Vincent Berry takes the page from this and learns from it when he goes into his uh, practice for next season. Uh, we've got, we, Daniel and I will have the 5A semi-final. We'll keep riding with the Demons of Warner Robins. They're going to host the Purple Hurricanes of Cartersville down at Warner Robins. That's going to be at, at 7.30 p.m. on Friday on the NFHS Network. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a great game. Not looking forward to the drive, but I'm looking for combat. And also, Daniel and I will be at uh, the Chamber Center Inman Court on Tuesday. As Pace Academy starts region play, they'll be playing the Stockbridge Tigers. Um, Game time, I think what is it. It's uh, is it six and seven thirty, or is it earlier than that? I think it's earlier. I think it's six and seven thirty, Daniel. I did th- see that on all right, the. Uh, six and seven thirty. We'll get. We'll be sure to get those yeah. times. uh, We'll be sure to get those times nailed down, and we'll publish that as well. So before we go, Daniel, uh, again, you mentioned a little bit about that game between Warner Robins and Creekside. We saw Vic Burley, Super 11 player, c- committed to Clemson. He had a touchdown. They went behind him, and again, he's going to have a, have to have a similar performance against against Cartersville if Warner Robbins wants to win their third straight title and advance to their sixth straight 5A championship.
2: Yeah, I agree with that, Max. He did a he had a, he had a touchdown uh, pass, uh, a touchdown reception, and then he blocked uh, a punt and returned it uh, for a touchdown. So he he's going to be. He just going to be phenomenal man He's a phenomenal athlete uh, Congratulations to him um, For his uh, Clemson commit I look forward to seeing him again Next week As we like like you said We headed down to Warner Island Down in Macon uh, right, right outside of Macon so,
0: and,
2: you know, Daniel
0: you get to knock off another stadium from You're your definitely. list, from your list of, of places agree. where we're do, where we've done games from, we get to go. We, this is our first time in Macon, and boy, we get to go to one of the more storied programs in all of Middle Georgia. Warner Robins Demons for this one.
2: Absolutely, I cannot wait. I cannot wait for that matchup. It's going to be a great matchup. Um, hopefully, hopefully everybody tunes in to the NFL. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To us and watch this wonderful game that's going to take
0: place. All right. Well, yeah. All right. Yeah. That's it. I got got
2: to add a little something to the, to, to, to the, to the ingredients.
0: Okay. Just a little bit. Oh, Jerry. Oh, hey, Yeah, we didn't talk about Jerry. We didn't talk about Jerry Jones. Oh, I wanted to talk about. I wanted to talk to touch base on him. Um, actually, uh, as you know there as as has been uh publicized. There's a picture that has just been circulated of Mr. Jones in 1959 where I, – I, I think that was the year. I'm not 100% sure on the year – where he was protesting against the Little Rock Nine, desegregating that school in Little Rock, Arkansas. That picture, by the way, was unearthed due to research by Sally Jenkins and David Moranis, David Moranis, I've known for twenty year, thirty years. He is Andrew Mar- Moranis' father, and we had Andrew on show. He's also an author. We had him on the show a, a while back. David, again, as I said, David is Andrew's father, and I've known that. And again, I've I've known them for about the two of them for about thirty years. It's 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 yes. I think Jerry Jones has some exp- has some explaining to do. Will that diminish his legacy? I don't think so. Will that take, well, it, it may prove to be a distraction for the Cowboys as they advance, but it's something that Jerry Jones, he can't be silent about this. And he cannot say, well, it's the time. I bet that's what he's going to say, guys. He's going to say, well, it was the times. He's got to have an answer for this, and it's got to be a good one.
2: <laughs> now it all makes sense during the 2016 colin kaepernick protest why he didn't want his why he didn't want his players near now it mean, it seems to me that jerry jones is like low rape. because when i look at that picture and, I, and I, i'm i'm giving jerry jones the same treatment that the mainstream media gave bill Cosby because bill Cosby was the jail for something that he did not do in the 1950s you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. i'm giving jerry jones the same treatment that the jewish Gestapo stop deal the Nazi Germany who if you happen to take a picture next to Hitler you're going to jail and they and, and they're still fighting and they're still fighting Nazis to this day and they're like well the Nazis like well hey I'm like 98 years old they'll go ahead and get we got the wheelchair for you in this ramp Don't you go going where you're to jail they don't care if you were a teenage girl they don't, don't care about none of that but so I believe we got to give Jerry Jones that same treatment because he was there with the little white man. It was, if you look at that picture, it was all boys outside. Yes. It wasn't a mixed crowd. It was all boys. They had the warrior class of their of their school out there to confront and terrorize those kids. I mean, if you look at the front part, it was in the very front. You had a, you had a, you had a, you had a young man sitting there scowling with a cigarette in his mouth. With, with, the, with all the other young men backing him up against those, those, against those black kids and trying to go to school. I'm not feeling that. Uh-huh. I'm not feeling that at all. He needs to go off. It, 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 it's something either. He, he, he needs to be very much scrutinized. I seen Kyrie Irving lose money behind watching a video. I mean, essentially, all he did was watch a the video. They didn't provide any kind of context to it. They didn't say who he threw is to link to. I never got the link. It's because like he said link to everybody. Nah. He just threw link to somebody. And he got in trouble for it. Meanwhile, Jerry Jones is sitting here with a you know, with a picture, looking like he's about to go off to come out and act of
0: terrorism. Uh-uh. No, nah, we're uh listening. No, yeah, he uh. ha, he has to address he has to address this and it's <laughs> knowing Jerry, he will not be he, Jerry's never been publicity shy. He's gonna be out there, and somebody, some media person, is gonna to have to say to him, Jerry, what about this? Somebody's got to be in his face and talk about that. And yep. we all know that we all know he wants the Cowboys in the Super Bowl. We all know that, and that's that would be, and I and like I said, Jerry's gotta get in, Jerry has got to get in front of this, and the fact that he hasn't, the fact that we haven't heard anything from him in this regard. Is very very concerned is concerning that he has not released any kind of statement about this. Um, almost on the belief that he thinks it's going to go away. It's not. I got news for you, Jerry. It's not going away. This will yes, people people are going to. It's just, it's it's newsworthy. And in our climate, yes, someone's going to have to. You, Jerry's going to have to address this. And the longer he waits. The worse it's going to look for him. It, it, got to some shit. I agree. I agree with that.
2: I think that it, you, it, you have a guy who loves to be in the center of attention, mm-hmm. but only when it involves the Dallas Cowboys. But, but let's see how you handle this situation. We get, look, I get it. This was a picture that was taken
0: before all three of us were born. Yes, okay, I, I get it. I get that. This was a picture taken right. before the Dallas Cowboys were even born. Exactly.
2: Yep. I get that. I get it. But still, at the end of the day, this is showing you in a in probably one of the more uh, in, in one of the more disturbing times to be a black person, and it's showing. What you're doing against black people. You know what I'm saying? And and you're protesting the little rock nine. And you know, listen, we had several things that we had, you know, in in those days. And several things that African Americans had to endure in those days. And there's a picture of you doing what you're doing. Mm -hmm. you, You have to explain yourself. Yes. Like seriously, I, I, don't, I mean, and and I only say that because number one, it was in no times; it was in the civil rights era, right in the meat of the civil rights era. Number one, and number two, you love to explain why Dak Prescott is your quarterback, or you like to explain why why Dallas, le- Dallas lost the game or Dallas won the game. You explain that, man. It's all, it's all. I think that's all. Anybody wants. Yeah, is the explanation. That's
0: all. That's it.
2: That's all. That's it. Hey. I, I was like, "Yo, give need some checks in man." Yeah, the explanation. That's it. I. I don't say explain right. We need checks, man. You know, nothing says so I'm sorry. Like money, just like <laughs> Kyrie. Just like Kyrie ever had to cut that. Che- he had to cut a check. He had to lose money. Kanye West lost money. They started, they, they they hung Kanye West upside down and shook them pockets. They had them players having Kyler- <laughs> upside down and shook them pockets. Roddy Cooper, when, when, when Roddy Cooper was on, was on, was on, was on camera in his inward rent, nothing affected his pocket. But that young shit, nah, nah. We let I, I don't need to so let that one go. He got he to put some checks. Got to put some checks. You know what I mean? So that 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 ain't even in the anybody can say I'm sorry. Just like them Kyrie said I'm sorry. But the juice me didn't take that. They didn't like. They like uh, you're not sorry enough. No, you're not sorry. They're like, no, no, we're not taking that. Uh-uh. they're like, no. And, and then we said, he said, I apologize. And what did the Jewish community say? That's not good enough. They said that's not good enough. Yeah, when you say cut the check, who, who who getting the check? We don't. We don't. You know, are we're we're all gonna. Um, I believe that people are coming to. Us, we're gonna come to that conclusion. But he's gonna cut some checks.
0: Okay.
2: He's I- gonna to have to cut some checks. Maybe to um some type of um black american foundations that would directly affect black americans or something but he's, got he, he, he's got to come out some money if not it's like we, we don't really believe you he, he just might do it. and you know it's all as simple as jerry jones it's either a rape case or it's something like this i mean my goodness my, my goodness all right this guy is he's a, like he's kind of he's got issues like, he's, and then you know he's telling people he doesn't want a team in and protest the police brutality. I don't. What's,
0: what's up with this guy, man? That's a that's a big concern there. So uh, unfortunately, we're going to have to cut it off here, and we'll take it up again next week. Uh, hopefully, Mister Jones will have made a statement about this. And we can dissect that, and we'll again, we'll talk about this in more detail next week. Thank you so much for listening to this, to this episode of The Last Three Guys Do a Podcast. Again, this episode drops on SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your favorite podcasts. I'm John Morgan for Daniel Bolton and Leon Brown. We'll see you next week, and have a good night, everybody.